So at the start of the pandemic, the only thing that you could do was we we don't have shows. I'm a professional musician, and I've played for the past maybe thirty years. I be, I play at least three to four times a week. So when the pandemic started, obviously everybody paused. And the only thing I could do was ride bikes and play music at home and make videos. That was Raymond Marasigan, a Filipino rock musician, a record producer, and best known as the drummer of the band The Razorheads, one of the most successful and significant bands in the history of Filipino music. Eraserheads is the only Filipino band to receive the Viewer's Choice Award at the 1997 MTV Video Music Awards in New York. Raymond is currently the frontman of the band Sandwich, and in his free time, he rides bicycles. Welcome to Spokes Nation, the podcast of the Bike Scouts. We work as volunteer bicycle messengers for disaster response, and we provide a platform for social teamwork where anyone, anywhere can make a difference. In this episode, we talk to Raymond about his music, why he rides bicycles, and what's next for the Renaissance man of Philippine rock music. So while doing these random YouTube videos and putting soundtrack on them, somebody told me that, hey, are you monetizing your YouTube? I said, no, I only have like a few followers. And then he said, well, how do you earn in YouTube? I said, no, I don't earn anything in YouTube. He said, well, you should. One, who edits your videos? Who, who makes your music? Who, who shoots your video? I said, nobody. I just do it myself. Do you pay for music? I said, no, I don't pay for music. I don't pay for an editor. And then he said, you know, you're good friends with Team Manila. Why don't you... Uh, make a shirt and sell it because that's what he does. He said he's not a celebrity YouTube person, but he has a YouTube channel and he sells shirts in them and and he earns a little bit of money during whatever. <laughs> I decided to to make to make it a brand to make the video, you know, officially a brand and all right as a as a channel where I do everything that I like. <laughs> so it's music, bikes and random stuff. Awesome. So, when did you start riding bicycles? Um and I saw actually uh, one of your vlogs about uh, Sh- uh Shinji Tanaka. And I think somebody mentioned it somewhere in an article that he sort of like helped get you started in cycling. Is that true? And the second question is, did he really drive a jeepney here in Manila when, when he started out? Shinji? Yes, he did. He did. Uh, it's in one of... You can check out his story in when when he guested in Offstage Ham. I saw I think, that, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he did. He did. But I thought it. I thought it was one of those myths. <laughs> no, no, he didn't get me started in cycling. I've been, uh, you know, like everyone else since since I was a kid. Maybe as early as five or six, got my first real bike. That's not my parents' bike, de right? In the start, you ride your parents' bike. Yeah. The the big clunkers, and my mom had a. Japanese cruiser. I remember those bikes. <laughs> My first bike was a what do you call it? An, an easy rider with a with a big butterfly handlebars and the banana seat. Banana seat, exactly. Yeah, I had that <laughs> in elementary, and then in high school, of course, like everyone else, you finally get a BMX that you that you choose the parts to get assembled. Yeah, I took that BMX to college in UP and then in the 90s after college it got stolen in my ex-girlfriend's garage because I did not lock it (laughs) (laughs) and then I always had a bike I always had a bike in my house but it was Mike Dizon at Shinji Tanaka who got me back into you know cycling again Mike is Mike loves anything in two wheel, every anything with two wheels. So he got me into mountain biking. He took me to off road. He took me to the trails. Yep. But 
Shinji Tanaka, our sound engineer, is part of that crew. And now, since uh, I think 2015 or 14, he moved to the same area. So we bike more together, me and uh, Shinji. Basically, almost daily because we're neighbors now. <laughs> okay. So it's real because I, I saw one of your videos, like, stay at home and form a band. And you were, like, playing, like, really epic drumming with Shinji and Bajau, was it? Yeah, si Bajau anyway, the... si of, of the Spades. He lives nearby in Marikina. Like, probably, he, he's even nearer to my house than Shinji's. And then I all, I've only known him backstage. When you know, when you see other bands backstage, you say hello, de ba? Yeah. But we started hanging out during the pandemic, na. Oh, okay. Because of cycling, awesome. and we bonded yeah. through cycling, and if, obviously, uh, drumming. Yeah. Me and Shinji have personal studios in Marikina, so a lot of of local musicians would ride with us and jam when it's safer, you know, yeah. with proper protocols, masks, and distance of course you start yeah. jab <laughs> <laughs> to be honest uh because I, i'm the i'm the type of person who used to watch you guys like back when you were performing okay. in, front of, <laughs> in front of palma hall for example back in the up days when everything felt like when you watch like a rock concert it felt like just put together at that moment and you guys would just rock up and we would just be like clapping and screaming and everything so yeah, I, I watched all of your performance with, with all of the other um, musicians that you're now riding with, actually. And it's just amazing that the way that you progressed from being just music, professional musicians, rock stars even, and then now you're sort of like a cycling uh, association or, or a band, a cycling band or something. So speaking of progression, I, I recently watched one of your videos about doing a bunny hop at 15, <laughs> sort of like a kind of like a birthday celebration kind of thing, I think. So actually, I don't know if you're familiar with Alex Boguski. So he has a YouTube channel called uh, Joy of Bike. He sort of like he used to work in advertising. He, he used to be a creative director in the advertising industry in the U.S. So he, he quit his big agent. He's the founder of like Christine Porter Boguski. And then he sort of like decided that I'm just going to ride bicycles again because he used to be sort of like a, a champion motocross rider or something. And now he's, he's back into riding um, uh, mountain bikes. And he's teaching people my age uh, to sort of like either relearn or, or learn new tricks. So my question is, do you think that's something that... Because it's, it's really helpful, actually. I, I watch Alex's... Uh, uh, videos all the time because I, I secretly I want to relearn some tricks or learn new tricks. So question is, are you going to be doing like uh, uh, like learning videos for for us uh, in the future? Mm, I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think so. The difference is uh, I'm not burned out from my job. It's the opposite. I don't have a job because of the pandemic. Obviously, <laughs> we're we're not yeah. <laughs> allowed to play yet at this time here in our yeah. here in the Philippines. And I'm doing cycling to to be sane, not to escape. Not it's it's the other way around. Yeah. Also, at the same times, same time. So I I accidentally learned how to bunny hop. I tried to learn how to manual. Oh yeah, that's hard. <laughs> so I'm still learning. I have a manual. Shinji made me a manual machine. Whoa, I practice wow. on it. I practice the on it daily. I, plan I didn't to, know, there, know there was such a thing. <laughs> I didn't know either, but I, I saw one at the bike park in Pasig. We go to uh, to the bike playground in Pasig, and they have one. And there's a manual machine. And then Shinji made one for me, himself, and Mike Dizon. So supposedly, this was a secret that I'm trying to learn how to manual because I never learned it as a kid, right? And then I was confident enough to take it in a in an empty street in our village. Still, you know, working on it every day, trying to get farther and farther. It's still very, you know, near. Parang, it's only a few meters. I can only do a few meters. Still in the early stage. That's a big deal. At this age, it's a big deal. (laughs) I'm getting more confident, you know, going over without falling. Hindi na na lulula. I pulled my, I pulled my back. My, my, 
I pulled my right shoulder. It's like one day, uh, no, we're not this, we're not made the same anymore. No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm starting to feel my old injuries. <laughs> I have I have a pull up bar in in my house, and I couldn't. I for the past three weeks I couldn't pull up. I couldn't pull the bike. I can't. I. It's hard to do like, race the front of the bike when you're going through humps and potholes. Oh yeah. That's so I don't. Injury, you, you need to see a doctor for. Hindi naman, hindi naman. I think I just because I, I can move it. I can move it. No problem. It. Okay. I just fall. I, so, it's it's some sort of muscle. It's not painful when I'm not doing a manual. Are you practicing this on your BMX or on your mountain? Yes, yes. Because it's lighter and it's easier to tip over. The the BMX. The BMX, yes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because on a mountain bike, it, it's the loop to loop over is is a little, diba, heavier, yeah. and and the mountain bike's heavier. That's true, and the balance is different. Like the I don't know, the the BMX has always been comfortable for me. I started with BMX as well. I mean, after the banana seat and the and the <laughs> bike, I, mine actually had a, an American flag on the on the seat. I don't know. I don't know if it's just uh, <laughs> <laughs> mine had stars. We all like that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I had grip that... na puro stars eh. <laughs> I, I had to remove the tassel at the end of the of the handlebar because uh, obviously not my style. But yeah, obviously you're not burned out at all because I mean no, not, I've been not, watching not everything. Not from music. Obviously, it's the the other way around. But I don't think I'm going to be doing any tutorials on how to ride properly <laughs> yeah. because because of age and because no, I I'm not an expert and I don't pretend to be. I just like riding. I just yeah. like riding bikes. I'm just I'm I'm the casual rider and I suck mostly, but I enjoy it. I jo- I enjoy it immensely. Yeah, me, actually me too. From I mean from the perspective of a viewer and a fan, um I love watching your videos because there's not a lot of rock stars who would like go out and sort of like put themselves out in public like that like um I'll ride my bike and then I'll crash and then you know all all of those things. And those are those are incredible. I I think that's what people love about your videos. So just curious, because we're, we're uh, all of us who are into cycling, we have a common disease called up- upgradeitis. I'll explain that in the subtitles for non-Filipinos. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, I mean, honestly, what was um, the last bicycle part that you bought and did you really need it? The last, yes, I don't have upgradeitis. <laughs> Because, like I said, there's no money coming in in the pandemic, and you can't buy anything. I but the last thing I bought because it broke. I don't even know what it's called. It's something in the gear section. That's I have a guy. I have a guy. His name is X Chan of X Bikes. We ride with him sometimes, but he takes care of all our bikes. And some parts I can just you know. Get from Shinji because he has a lot of bikes and a lot of parts lying around his house, but this part was was broken already. So we so we had to buy it. You're, I don't. Yeah, I, I know. I love, I love looking. At, I still love looking at bikes. Marie, Marikina has many bike shops. Uh, you know, brand new bikes, high end bikes, as well as the Japanese surplus bikes. So we still go around and look at bikes. Yeah, because for, for most of us, like in a while. When whenever we walk into a, a bike shop, it's like, you know, it's it's hard to resist. Like I have to buy something, even if it's just a sticker. If it's all the money I have in my pocket, I'm going to buy this, and then I'm going to put it somewhere, and then I forget completely forget about it. So very very impractical. But to so, change, uh, to change yeah. the question, I would like. I don't have a no. All my bikes. I have three bikes right now. In, well, four, including the BMX, which is only on loan. But I have two. Mountain bike, no three, all, three mountain bikes. Wow! <laughs> but you know, from years and years and years, from okay. I think we're more than ten years old. One is a single speed twenty niner. The other one is the exact same thing, but with gears. And another one that was given to me by by the Sandugo people, the Brusco. Oh yeah, the race. and mostly all of them are still have the same parts from when they came out the shop so unless something breaks i don't replace it and the first things that break are you know plastic pedals or oh, or yeah. you know yeah. grips yeah those things uh break down very easily 
yes. And if I was gonna get something new, if I had the money, I'd get a gravel bike. Wala lang because it's it's just cool right now. <laughs> no, no, I, I really uh, I'm, I'm wishing for the same thing. I just can't afford it right now. My, yeah, exactly. I've been, one of my favorite vloggers is uh, Francis Cade. He's actually going to be in this podcast in a in a later episode. And he rides like he shifted from from road bikes, and now he's like 100% riding either mountain bikes or gravel or gravel bikes. And of course, because he's sponsored by Willier, uh, I don't know how to pronounce the name, but yeah, of course, very very awesome bikes. Makes it really like I want, I need that, I need that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, what so, do you? Like? Uh, what, what's that bike behind you? What do you usually? Oh, sorry. This is the this is the mountain bike that I used for our Typhoon Yolanda response in 2013 in uh, Tacloban City mm. and Samar. So yeah, because we're uh, again we're bike scouts, so we work as volunteer bicycle messengers for disaster response. Maybe one of these days we can we can invite you. That's what we do. Basically, we provide access to people and uh, communities who are isolated by disasters using our bicycles. And this is this is my the bicycle. That we what use. is it? Putting in? Uh, it's a giant. Oh cool! It's a very old giant. <laughs> I'm I'm like you. I'm I'm very practical when it comes to buying stuff because I don't have any money. So <laughs> yeah, I try to stick with, with what I have for as long as possible. For the it's still 26 sir, and for the longest time I didn't even have like a, a disc brake. I stuck I stuck to the to the V brakes. But now you can't you just can't buy parts anymore. So I, I had no choice. I had to buy I had to buy like a, a proper disc brake. <laughs> so yeah. Um, a while ago, you, you released a song called Buhol Buhol. I don't know if you can if you can talk about this, but uh, I, I just have to ask this because uh, I know a lot of artists, well, back in your Eraserhead days, you had a lot of songs that sort of like, I don't know if you can say double meaning, but had a different meaning. <laughs> so with Buhol Buhol, obviously you were riding in traffic, you're riding a, a bicycle, and obviously Buhol Buhol is sort of like, in Filipino, it's sort of like jumbled up or what do you call this? Stuck, or I don't know what the proper word is. But anyway, it refers to traffic. <laughs> it, it refers to traffic. So, but let me ask you: Is the song "Bulbul" really about uh, about traffic, or is it about something else? You know, just like just like you said, all 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 my songs mean can mean anything. Yes, <laughs> but it was honestly of uh, triggered triggered by this uh, news item. When when one of the government officials uh, took the Marikina route going to oh. I don't know the Congress or somewhere and, and then announced that no it's not traffic it's not difficult it was what? triggered by that I was like what an okay. idiot de ba parang naghihirap yung mga kababayan natin dito and he said no it's not you know, but that's true that, that was very insensitive though I'm not going to mention his name here yeah we don't have to it's not a political yeah. quote I don't want I, th- to. I think everyone knows him anyway yeah so he took, oh, yeah. he took yeah, that yeah. and then parang made it a publicity stunt so that's the, the origin of the song I was ah, oh my god I was going to that shoot I was on I was stuck in traffic in the morning which is rare because we don't have shows in the morning yeah. This was pre-pandemic, and I was going to the mix. Okay. To the at seven a.m., stuck in <laughs> stuck in Aurora Boulevard while hearing, yeah. like like reading this news on Twitter while driving. It was that slow. I was I was riding and drive and reading Twitter at the same time. Diego Castillo sent me a a riff, and it was I was just playing. You know, oh Diego sent me a folder of of music, and then that was playing, and I, I just started grooving to the chorus. And it's like buhol, 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 yeah. and that so kept. <laughs> and I and the traffic was so bad. ABS is you know less than ten kilometers away from my house, but it took me two hours, and I practically finished two verses. <laughs> just like, just like at literally looking at what's happening, diba? Yeah. yeah, so for non-Filipinos, uh, a little context. In the Philippines, traffic is that bad that uh, you, you can finish writing a song like be just sitting in traffic. I was writing so, it on my phone. It was literally yeah. like, oh my God, that's a cool verse. Hey, there's an ambulance. I can write about that. Hey, that guy cut the other guy. I can write about that. But you know, it can mean many things. And then, oh, yeah. this is the fun part. So, a few months later, we recorded a song in December. This was still pre-pandemic. We recorded it in December. 
in January, I think we needed to shoot a music video. And we talked to this director who's our friend. We set a date and then the date came, but he became busy. Something happened to the schedule and he couldn't make it. So we had to cancel the video. But the song had a schedule to be launched already. So Diego told me, Parang, you just got shoot just shoot the video yourself. Shoot a different <laughs> video. It, the video had a different concept. And we were just, you know, on the phone getting ideas. And then he said, just ride your bike from Marikina. <laughs> Get a GoPro, ride your bike. And that's the video. It's actually and a very effective video, I think. Lip sync to the video. So I wake up the next day, right? I wake up at 8 a.m. and said, I'm going to go through like rush hour traffic. That's Marcos Highway, 8 a.m. I put the, the phone on my pocket here for, and I tried it in the house. I played it on and I, hey, I can lip sync. I can hear it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. I get a helmet on, strap the GoPro on the bike. I go to Marcos Highway. There's no traffic. <laughs> so did, did, okay, follow up question. Did anyone recognize you? One person did, only one. But anyway, so I go to Marcos Highway. So maybe when I go through farther in in SM Marikina, there's traffic, no traffic. So I've been going for like five kilometers, no traffic. What's happening? <laughs> Apparently, it was a holiday. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there's holidays, so there's no classes and there's no work. But eventually, I get traffic in. The video won't work without traffic, diba? Right? Exactly, exactly. It won't work if the, if the cars are fast. It, yeah. It's not going to work. The visuals are not going to align with the song. Exactly. Eventually, I get to Aurora Boulevard and there's traffic. Oh, yeah. Always, actually. So I start the video now. I'm going to start the video, turn the camera on, turn the music on to lip sync, right? And when the Jeep started going, pag go nung stoplight, I couldn't hear it. I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> I didn't think it through. <laughs> so basically, you were just guessing that you were like sort of like sync with the song. No, I, I can't. I can't. It's impossible. It's impossible. So I said, I'm just gonna buy. I'm just gonna buy a Bluetooth speaker somewhere in Aurora. There's probably a Bluetooth speaker in in the side streets of Aurora, right? Yeah. I get. Uh, I get past uh, Anonas. And I see Bluetooth speakers on the sidewalk. I didn't bring any money. Oh my God. <laughs> Zero money. <laughs> I didn't. Think I can, I can totally relate because I'm the same. I'm exactly the Because I thought I was just going to ride in Marikina. I didn't need money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Zero, zero money. Didn't bring a wallet. You know, like I was just riding in the neighborhood. That's what I thought. So I figured I was going to go here. I'm, I'm in Erica's house in Cuba. So I'm going to go to Erica's house and have, you know, breakfast. Defeated. Yeah. So I get, I get here in Cuba. And, and Erica said, I have a Bluetooth speaker. In fact, it's here. I borrowed this one. Oh. Borrowed this one. Put it in a backpack, right? Yep. yep. And start playing the song. And it's loud. Oh, good. <laughs> this, is, this is a boast. It's loud. I get out of her house in Aurora. I start the music. I pass through, I cross Edsa, and miraculously, all the stoplights were green. So if you watch the video, it's in one take. I didn't stop because the stoplights were green. I I don't want to break any laws. Now I need to watch that video again. (laughs) Watch the video. It was one take. That was the first take. That was the first real take with with uh with a spe- with a speaker, and I was yeah. smiling because I could see the stoplight and you could see the numbers. It was like thirty, I can make it. Twenty five, <laughs> I can make it. Fifteen, I can make it. So every stoplight, everybody was rushing because it's the stoplight, deba. Right? Yeah. So it looks good, and then in the in the afternoon of that day, I said. There's not enough. When I, when I looked at the footage, there's not enough vehicles it, because it's 10 a.m. already. There's not enough traffic. I want to weave through more yeah. than traffic. So that afternoon, I went to Katipunan. In Katipunan, it was rush hour and there was obviously more cars. I did two takes in Katipunan. It was more dense. It was more trucks. So I was weaving through more people and, and vehicles. But when I compared the footage, the Aurora footage was crustier because Aurora had tricycles, people, jeepneys, trucks, yeah. 
and and the the upper the sky version of, uh, of the the background in aurora is the train yeah. whereas in katipunan it was all nice cars and suvs yeah and sky it didn't have the it didn't have the the train it it's, it was less crusty so even if it was more if it was more dense and packed i chose the i chose the aurora footage yeah, and I think it worked really well. I mean, even the song, now knowing the sort of like the backstory to it and, and hearing all of these amazing behind the scenes uh, stuff that happened while you were writing it, while you were shooting it, it makes sense to me now why it's so effective because I'm sure it's the same for other people. Like, But I find myself now whenever I ride my bike or I'm, I'm on a bus and then suddenly I'm stuck in traffic, I find like sort of like trying to sing, trying to sing <laughs> because I can't sing. That that uh, that part is buhol buhol. So yeah, I, I keep on keep on, keeps on repeating in my head. It's so effective. Thank you for for sharing that story. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if, if you if you've ever yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if you've ever shared that with anyone, but it's just amazing to to, to know the backstory behind that that song. <laughs> and then, uh, the bad, so we yeah. release the song, yeah. and then the pandemic happens. <laughs> <laughs> there's no traffic. And there's no yeah. There's zero movie. <laughs> But but I think you released it just in time. And I think now that we're sort of like heading back into sort of like the traffic zone again, <laughs> I think it's even more relevant. I think you should do like a relaunch or something because, <laughs> because very soon it's going to be uh, very, very relevant. And I think it could be like a theme song for, for the campaign now by a lot of advocates and, the, and even the general public to sort of like have, have bike lanes, <laughs> um, have more road safety. I think it could be like the official soundtrack of that of that book or something. <laughs> I don't know. It could work, right? So, uh, speaking of your music, uh, we'll we'll get back to that a little bit later. If just in case you remember more stories about about the bull uh how, how you create the bull bull. But for now, one thing that we've always wanted to ask you is how good of a rapper are you? Because uh, I read somewhere about Planet Garapata and all the other projects that you've done, and it seems like you're like really into rapping. I don't know. That, that's, just, that's just my impression. But uh, tell us a little bit more about that. I'm not. I don't consider myself as a rapper or a good rapper. It was just. It's just part of me. Like. Yeah. There's a part of me that's rock. There's a little bit of you know blues and electronic. I I'm not a virtuoso or an expert. But yeah. it was part of my childhood, growing up, listening to, growing up break dancing and listening to hip hop. I know there's a lot of people our age who who do not know how to rap or have difficulty with that kind of music because they didn't encounter it until they were older. Yeah. But I know the new generation, the kids now, when they because when we were born, there was no rap, diba? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't invented until the we never heard it until the mid eighties in the Philippines. Yeah, yep. For most of us. And we were teenagers. But kids now, the new generation, everybody can rap. <laughs> Do you know did you know that? Like all the kids. Because when when they're growing up, rap is already there. You know, yeah. it's normal. It's on the radio, it's on TV, it's it's normal. Just like pop music is normal to us, rapping is normal to them. So Yeah, that's true. I think it also has, to, I don't know, I could be wrong, but it might also be because of the lack of access like uh, before, uh, in the before times. Uh, until like MTV sort of like became available uh, widespread in the Philippines. And that's when sort of like we had a bigger access to different kinds of music. But now people yeah, can just but, go online and find find all kinds of music. But by by that time, our generation was already in college, diba? Oh, that's true. We, were, we were way we were past college supposedly when MTV arrived. So yeah. we didn't have access to it. So unless unless you were into, you know, to that when you were a kid. That's true. And and during I don't know if we were in the same batch, but during my time, there was sort of like in my head at least there was a battle between the jazzy sort of like mellow love songs, and then um, of course the the rock the rock songs were coming from Pinoy rock bands. So one moment you'd be listening like in Joey's car, sometimes you'd be listening to uh, I don't know Depression Mode, and then something jazzy, and then all of a sudden there would be like Eraserheads and other stuff. So there was like all all of those different kinds of genres that that we were listening to during that. But it's not like right right now because right now. I'm surprised that uh, like a lot of uh, kids know really sort of like not the kind of 
uh, mainstream songs or even music that people listen to. And they would like share that on Spotify and other, and other platforms. Unlike before. Before, we had sort of like the same interest. We had this, the same access to the same kinds of uh, sort of like songs. Yes, I, so, yeah. I think now the kids are, are smarter. One, they're smarter. Two, they're more inclusive. And back in the day, lines were drawn in the sand. You're not supposed <laughs> to listen to this kind of music. Only this kind of music was cool, which we all think was dumb. But you had to follow certain <laughs> rules because, diba, parang, That's true. That's you true. can't wear certain well, things to certain places. And you're not supposed to listen to hip-hop and rock, which was dumb. That's true. That's but true. that's for another topic. <laughs> but <laughs> no, no, but they grow up listening to Spotify, and they can have their own playlists, which can have music from from the past and the present and the future. That's, that's true. Unlike before, sorry, just one more thing about that, because I do remember the lines being drawn between like heavy metal and glam rock, for example. I mean, both are rock. But of course, the the people who listen to those songs, they would they would never sort of like mix back then. But now, people like what you said, people listen to sort of like all kinds of things. So um, I I read everywhere, and and I think this is this is true. Uh, people refer to you as uh, sort of like the Philippines' uh, busiest musician. Rappler even called you like restless and Pinoy rocks Renaissance man. So I think the Renaissance part is uh, without question. So is the busy and restless part still true today as it was like when you were younger? I don't know why people call me busy. I don't I don't have a gig. <laughs> but I think, No, because you do all kinds of things. No, no, I don't I don't believe I'm busy. I I take naps daily. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think somebody who's busy is Monty. Monty Macalino, who's always, you know, working on something with mayonnaise. Chito Miranda, who has like a uh, hundred other businesses oh, wow. aside from running, you know, Parokya ni Edgar, no? Yeah. Maybe that's just some press thing. I don't know. I don't. Maybe. I don't think I'm busy. Right. Right now, I'm. I'm just gonna go. You know, do some, run some errands, and ride my bike. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that now that you mentioned Chito as well, um, I, I really sort of like takes me back. I, I miss the days like in UP Fair and. All of you guys would be there, and then one after the other, the bands would be playing. And it's just, you know, you're sitting on the grass. Some of my classmates would be drunk. <laughs> well, well, you're supposed to be always, we're yeah. always drunk at the UP Fair. Oh, okay. The UP Fair is the anniversary of Sandwich. Okay, I'm, I was trying to be nice telling this story. But yes, that's so the story. Even when it was uh, not allowed anymore to bring alcohol in UP, we always brought alcohol because every time we played the UP Fair, it was. It was that anniversary. So yeah. We've been playing it for oh, yeah. 21 years, and we don't get as drunk as before, but we always bring alcohol <laughs> to celebrate backstage and, and offer it to friends, obviously. Pre-pandemic, <laughs> you can you can, exactly. can all swig on one you know, bottle of alcohol. I, I miss the stage diving, the, the mosh <laughs> thing and everything. I don't I mean, think we can do that anymore. <laughs> I don't think so. No, not for a very, very long time. But yeah, but if you've been to the like the early days of UP Fair, that that really sort of like burns into your mind. That sort of like defines your that part of your life. I think I have stage dived the most in this country. <laughs> yes. I will say that confidently. I have stage dived more than anybody in this country. I would love to see video I have footage. been doing it until, Erica, what was that? Like two years ago? I did it since college until two years ago at the start it, of then. I would love to have like a clip of that and then we'll put it, I'll insert it into the edit. We'll release. find something in the interwebs, but. Okay, I'll find it. Definitely, I'll find it. Okay, so here's something that's uh, sort of not really serious, but sort of, I don't know if you're going to answer this, but I read some interviews about uh, you talking about the eraser heads not being close, like personally speaking. And I sort of like understand how that works, but a lot of people, of course, uh, coming from the fan perspective, don't want it to be that way. And I like you're with, uh, with the guys that you work with for like 90% of the day, but you don't necessarily invite them to your birthday or you don't necessarily hang, hang out with them or something. So it's like a professional thing, but uh, I'd love to hear very quickly your, your thoughts on, on, on that. What do you mean? 
Uh, about about the thing about the eraser heads not being actually close because again as fans we always thought that you guys grew up together no we didn't, we didn't grow up together in i know no but it, i mean in our imagination we all like we all met in college we hung out sometimes but you know we were with different barcadas but sometimes we would you know just like kids you'd hang out with their barcada and marcos buddy and i were a batch younger and we we had another set of friends diba but obviously like to keep it short like you said like uh it's like an office we just work well together we play music well together we can we can kind of guess what each one will be playing or what suits that part but but after after the after the gig we we rarely <laughs> hung out but but like like you said you know you can work with people and not be close to them but we're not necessarily also enemies like what yeah, people exactly. would, you know yeah would. i think that's the nature of being professional like doing a job uh doing a job very well people so, yeah. would like romantic of course people would like the romantic version but unfortunately i would, I would. <laughs> <laughs> until now actually because when when the bike scouts community found out that i was going to talk to you they were sort of like really reminiscing about the past and the way that everyone was talking about the racer head still the same like the imagination of a band that you're friends or very close and you're still you're going to grow old together or something well i'm still at actually i'm closer to buddy now after we after the band broke up i became close i i became closer with buddy thank you for answering that so here's something that i dug up and i hope now you can say something about this i dug up uh, an old tweet of yours uh, you were saying something about being from up about uh about how people sometimes don't graduate but not to piss on other people's dreams i mean Could you like give us a little backgrounder on that? And the follow-up question actually is, what do you think about even in cycling? We see this like sort of like the toxic Filipino culture. I call it that we're we're nice, we're warm with with tourists who come here, but among ourselves, sometimes we have this thing that I don't know. Can you maybe we, you can call it like pulling, trying like pulling each other down or something? Was it was it something like that with the with the tweet? I don't remember the tweet or the context of it. <laughs> <laughs> I went too far that <laughs> I went too far to the past. Yes, I Let's I, move I, on to... I you know I I know what you're talking about like the crab mentality thing. Exactly, exactly. Uh no, I don't subscribe to that. I would rather, you know, if in for me if you if you help somebody, you you get a little bit out of it as well, you know. That's just my thing. I don't know. That's It's, true. No, the reason why I wanted to ask you that is because even in cycling, uh, we've both been involved in cycling in different ways for a very long time, like most of our lives. And sadly, when I was very young, I, I thought of cycling as just something that I did with my friends. It was fun. But when I grew up, I started racing bicycles and then sort of like doing things more professionally with cycling. I, I noticed that there are there's also some sort of like toxicity even in the cycling community, like between people who ride certain types of bikes certain price ranges of bikes stuff like that so anyway yeah i don't know if you have something to say about it well there's always going to be like that in any scene i think kasalion it's it's part of it's part of any scene so it's it's just it's just up to you diba, if you want to join that kind of scene or or steer away from that sort of mentality but i always try to remember what you said in the beginning of your of of your sentence like whatever it is that i do i try to do it I try to remember how I did it as a kid. And and that goes with music or cycling. Parang I don't think about, you know, the brand of bike, the how expensive it is or what kind of As long as you know, when you were kids, you didn't think about that too much. Diba? You just that's, rode with friends. That's true. And and even in music, that's how I that's how I do it. It's like is this a cool chord or a cool lick? Is this difficult enough? Is this technical enough? I don't think about. I try not to think about those things. I try to play. It's like, what would I do if I was a kid? What would make me happy? What What would I play? How would I play it as a kid? You know, you know what I'm. Am I making sense? Yes, exactly, exactly. No, I think I think that's very well said. That's actually so what like, I was like. Most bike rides I get invited to. I don't really know where we're going. If If you notice the videos where we go, I don't know. I just wanted to go because I like the set of people who's coming to that ride. Yeah. 
so I never plan rides. I get invited sometimes, which thankfully, but I try to approach every everything like it was when when we were younger. Parang oh, let's go bike. Punta tayo ilog, you know. Parang yeah, exactly. That's what we used to. And we would see the next time, where, You know, we'll we'll look at girls or something. You know. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, before I go to the last part, because I have like three questions from the Bike Scouts community that they want to ask you. Before we get to that, are there any like projects, uh, maybe a new album, performances that you'll be doing late, later this year, maybe Christmas or maybe after Christmas season that, that people should know about? Okay, so I've been hanging out with these guys, musicians, since the pandemic. There's Bajau, Echo Del Rio, who plays bass for Chikusai, and Janapura who plays guitar for a lot of people, including Sinebe Dancel. He's a session cap. And they formed the band together, and they asked me to join the band. And we met, all of us met through cycling. Oh, wow. We formed the band called Party Pace because... Oh, I haven't heard of this. <laughs> <laughs> and I just recently received, <laughs> a, a few minutes ago, I just received a copy of the first uh, music. We've been making music on the side just for fun. We recorded an EP and we shot a video at the bike park and I just received the rough draft of the video a few minutes before I, I, I hopped wow. into this. The band is called Party Pace. We're releasing party music. <laughs> exactly. Social social ride Party Pace. I, I was expecting like a different band name because I, I like sort of like read about all of the different projects that you have. And this is, this is totally new. Thank you for sharing this with us. We're definitely going to be looking forward to, to the release. Uh, by the way, because you're a record producer, is this going to be under your own label or company? Or I don't have a label. I, okay. I I'm a record producer because I produce music, but I don't I don't know about the business part. I don't okay. know where it's going to be released yet. We're not sure if it's locked down or I don't know. Anyway, but it's going to be on yeah, Spotify, we'll, we'll, and we're all going to be promoting it in our you know social media channels. I'm and sure we're going to hear about it in all right. In all right. Yeah, in all right. And then, and then, uh, offstage hang. Offstage hang, yeah. There was this episode in All Right, one of the first episodes where we brought instruments to the bike park and started jamming. And that song became the first song of the band that, oh, that okay. jam in the bike park. It's in one of the early episodes of All Right. So for the music video, we recreated that scene using, you know, professional cameras. We went back to the bike park, brought the same equipment we brought, you know. Invited some friends, so that's the so, that's going to be the video that's coming out. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that. So I'll go I'll go straight to the community question uh, community questions right now. Uh, first one is from Karine. Uh, do you have plans of visiting Irosin Sorsogon again? Uh, not for a concert this time, but for a bike adventure with Bike Scouts Sorsogon. I think if I visit someplace, it's either going to be for vacation or when I play. If I do that, I would definitely hit up people online and borrow bikes, which I always do. Oh, we have, oh yeah, bike so community has a lot of bikes. For example, if I go abroad, if I can't rent bikes, I just you know tweet, hey, I'm in I'm in San Francisco. Can I borrow a bike? And people would usually like come over to the hotel, meet them for the first time. They take me out and my friends for a bike ride. That's amazing. When is this coming out? When is this coming out? Probably on Wednesday. Cool. On the on November 30, 13, 1, 3, November 13. I'm going to Bohol with Erica here and I'm I'm going to need to borrow some bikes. Oh, awesome. Okay. We'll hook, so we'll, I usually we'll do that. <laughs> for, for that episode in La Union, the LU episode in, in yeah. All Right, I borrowed a bike. And I borrowed a bike from Erwin Romulo. He lent me his bike. It's 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 a normal, you know, off-the-shelf mountain bike na hindi inaalagaan, but I took it, you know, mountain biking with kiddo. If anybody's yeah. listening in Bohol. Bohol, Bohol. Bohol, oh, tama-tama. Bohol, Bohol, Bohol. Please lend us a, a couple of bikes. We'll need you need to do, to do that on Instagram, like ride your bike and then sing that. Ball. I mean, no, I mean Bike Scouts. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, you know, you <laughs> know you make it happen for me. Lend, exactly. please, lend, please lend us three or four bikes. Yeah, and, and probably some of the Bike Scouts from Cebu will, will probably, I mean, if they can, they, they'll probably go to Bohol and meet up with you as well. <laughs> Take us around. Okay, so, yeah, definitely. 
Uh, second question. What is the farthest place you've gone on your bike uh, ride all the way? Farthest? I'm not a long ride person. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It can't be more than three hours away. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'm not I'm not a I'm not a long ride type of person. After after a few hours when pagmasakit na when something let's go home. <laughs> I'm not more really more, fond of long rides, you know. Yeah, more more and more I'm like that as well. Um uh, I'll just go out and ride for as long as I can then, you know, go home. <laughs> Same exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't I like I'm not hardcore. I don't want to challenge myself too much or exert too much where I can't, you know, wake up the next day and just lie in bed. But yeah, just just keep it fun, basically, so that yeah. you, know, you enjoy cycling for the long term. So I think but, you answered this but, question. But you know, yeah. I remember when we were kids, you would bike the whole day, right? Yeah, you but know, like, we were kids when, back then, so we, we were had kids. limitless so energy. I think, <laughs> I think in time and distance, if you compute that, I would I probably rode longer and farther as a kid because when you wake up at you know six seven in the morning you'd be on your bmx until you come home at night 12 hours later off to the next town or whatever just riding your (laughs) single speed bmx the same i got into trouble with my parents a lot because of that actually yeah i would put on my backpack and then back then it was like the sony walkman with the metal headphones yes and i'd be out the whole day (laughs) And no, so, you don't. You you didn't even bring water, deba. Right? No, no water. You don't, no food, you don't no have money. money. No water. Just just. We drank from garden hoses actually, and yes. anywhere there's water, we didn't mind. Nobody had helmets. <laughs> no, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody. I mean, people are going helmets. to hate us. People are going to hate us for that, but yeah, that's true. I mean, back no, then, but that was didn't... back in the day. We didn't know any better, deba. Right? Of course, yeah, no, you exactly. gotta wear a helmet. It's it's safer. You tell, you tell everybody wear a helmet. I won't force I anybody, like but you know. That's true. I had, I had actually had two really bad crashes where I lost consciousness because I didn't have a helmet, probably, oh my uh, on my BMX. So, yeah. <laughs> that was back then. I can't do that anymore. So I'll move on to this next one. You actually touched on this earlier, but I'll ask it again, just in case you want to add something else. Uh, what aspects of being a performer and a cyclist uh, and a cyclist that sort of like complements each other? Well, I guess you mentioned about fitness and everything, but is there anything else that you think that sort of like connects the two? I think it's the freedom. It's the freedom and the unpredictability of things and you know and, and the slight danger. I feel okay. it I feel it in both. When I play music, it has to be a little bit dangerous. Oh, that's interesting. It has to be a little bit adventurous. If you listen to all the to all the episodes of you know, of, of All Right, I make music specifically for that episode and I craft it for each episode and and it could be in the background, but I want it to complement. So, yeah. you know, it's a little, like I said, yeah, a little dangerous, a little unpredictable, a little, but at the same time, always fun. I think it's amazing that you're making, of course, because you're a professional musician, you're making your own music for, for your for your blog, for your, for your other social media channels. I think since you're a, sort of like a renaissance man for, uh, for rock in the Philippines, I think it's time that we ha- also have a renaissance period for... I remember back then we sort of like had, had all of these uh, grainy videos of BMX tricks from, from Transworld or something. And they, had, they always had like rock music uh, playing for, for, for those videos. I think it's time that we kids today experience something like that. Because right now, it's all about sort of like doing content for social media. It's always like very Instagrammable, but they don't have... The stuff that we used to watch, like the BMX, uh, sliding down a rail, slamming on the sidewalk and everything, and then rock music all over, <laughs> stuff like that. I think with Party Pace, I don't know what kind of music you'll be playing in the future, but yeah, with Party Pace and with with, the, with, with the, your own music that you're making for videos, I think that that would like suck a revolution or something. <laughs> I will let the kids uh, figure out their their thing. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. So yeah, here's something. I don't know if you can actually answer this because I think it was Ellie Wendio actually said something about this. But he said something to the effect that if if a certain politician runs, then there would be like a concert. So uh, the community is asking is, is there any plan uh, in the future for like a reunion concert for the Racerhead? Honestly, I don't know. I said it in the 
in an episode of Offstage Hang, when if it if it's a real show, if it's anything real, my manager would call me. Because oh, manage, we're all managed by different people. And my instruction with management, if it, unless it's I'm ready to sign and we're ready to rehearse, don't even tell me about it. So if it's only, you know, negotiations and talks and you know, I don't know anything. That's the honest truth for from my side. Yeah, I think so too. Some some, think... some of them I don't I don't talk to Buddy about it, even if we're close, but I don't know what his uh his deal with management is, but if if they have a say in the negotiations or whatever in in the talks of, because you know it's a big deal if the heads if the heads come together to play a show. It's not just like you know I'm gonna call Ellie. Hey, you know let's play a show for something whatever. Yeah. Usually yeah. it goes through a lot of people, and I don't want to deal with that ever since. Yeah. And that's not only for the heads, even for all. That's that goes for all my bands. So if they yeah, say which is touring ganito, I, I don't know. Yeah. Until it's signed, you know, until yeah. it's signed and it and somebody and management forwards me the schedule of rehearsal yeah. and, and the tour. So unless unless management calls me, I don't know anything about any anything. All my bats. I'm not just saying I, I, I totally understand actually because I worked with back when I was like active in graphic design and in the advertising and marketing world. I sort of like get a preview of what it's like to be in a band. I know that it's very stressful. It's very tiring. It's not like what you see on stage where, you know, you're full of energy. When you go off stage, it's it's totally different. It's all business and, you know, you just want to go home and maybe lie down or something. Um, Yeah. And that's a reality. People are into it. You know, I know know boards of Kamikaze handles all the business part of Kamikaze or Cheeto handles all the negotiations for Parokya, but no, I don't. Not because it's uh, magulo or anything. It, it just bores me. I, I have no interest in that part of the of the business. No wonder you still look the same uh, as you did in the nineties, because because you know, <laughs> I wish I feel the same. <laughs> well, as long as you don't mention it, nobody will notice. <laughs> only I think only the hair changed. Well, I, I couldn't get a haircut because of since since Delta. That's true. I was that's getting true. haircuts until Delta happened, and then I got, no, that's just, you know. Same with me. I just got a haircut like a few days ago or something, but for a very long time, it looked like a caveman. <laughs> I, I look I like mean, my mom make... with, you know, like semi-long short hair. When I, <laughs> oh my God, it's my mom. But it's good for you because you're a rock star. So, I mean, it sort of like <laughs> goes with the, with the territory, but not for me. <laughs> I, like when I when I talk to clients and stuff like that, they're like wondering, okay, who's this guy? What what's happening in his life? So yeah, that's it for the for the Spokes Nation Bike Scouts podcast, Raymond. Thank you so much. Thank for you, Miles. Being, Make it happen uh, in yeah. in Bohol. Lend me bike. We will definitely. We will definitely. Find me in Bohol. I don't know <laughs> where you. we're going. I, <laughs> I didn't I didn't book the flights or the hotel, but well, it, well, we can message each other so that maybe we can avoid having people sort of like w- waiting for you in the lobby. Or <laughs> I don't mind meeting people. It's so it's cool. Oh, awesome. That's good, that's good. Thank you, Raymond. Thank you so much for for being a guest on Spoke Nation. Ride safe. See you again. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. This has been Spokes Nation. You can learn more about the Bike Scouts and download the app on bikescouts.org.